Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One artist. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Voice Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Eric, how you doing? I am. I'm lovely. Lovely? I'm so, I'm so lovely. Lovely's a good word. Mm-hmm. I it like, is, it's a lovely word. I like, yeah, lovely is lovely. It's recursive. Yes. Recursion. Mm, recursion. Surprised there isn't a science fiction movie named that yet. That actually, yeah. That is that is kind of shocking. Next up, next from Christopher Nolan, Recursion. Mm-hmm. It'll be Jonathan Hickman's next indie book. It'll be Recursion. More like Warren Ellis's. Yeah, well, he already has Injection, so next one would be Recursion, and then... Yeah. Shins. Shins. Mm-hmm. Yes. So not, seems like something he'd write about. It does. We're back after a a a, a, a week a week mm-hmm. off due to some a little unplanned hiatus. Yeah, well, they happen. Things things happen. But we're back now. We're gonna talk about comics. Mm-hmm. Like e- we've never done before. Like to each other and at you, our dear listener. It's the way it's best. In your ears. In your ear holes. Uh, and if you ha- or if you're playing us over speakers, at your face. Right at your face, and then in your ears. Yeah, it'll it'll, it'll wash over you. That is, uh, that's sure. That's how it works. Uh, we are reading Scalped volumes one through three for Nerd Boy Book Club. Hope you guys are caught up. And we gave you an extra week to read with us. Mm-hmm. But first, Eric, you ready to talk about comic books? Yeah, am I ready to talk about comic books before we talk about comic books. comic books? Yes, exactly, precisely. Uh, I think I'm prepared. Awesome. It is My time. My body is ready. Oh, oh, it is time for Weekly Floppies. <laughs> weekly Floppies is part of show where Eric and I uh, will read uh, this week's books. Well, now two weeks' books. I've kind of did a mis- mixed match in the last couple weeks and tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, first up from last week, it is Archie, number one. Uh, story by Marv Wade, art by Fiona Staples, colors by Andre Sismanowitz with Jen Vaughn. Letters. It's actually Andre, it's actually Andre 3000. That'd be cool. Lettering by Jack Morelli. This is the reboot of Archie, all new. Archie being written by, I mean, Fiona Staples makes him, like, makes all these people look, you know, attractive. Well, not, not. (sighs) (laughs) You have complicated feelings about this, Eric? You know I do. I know you don't like Archie. We've dis- we've discussed I, this several I, times. I do not like Archie. This is not Archie. This is this is a story about people with feelings and emotions and story and plot. That's not the dumbest thing ever. You could call it Archie. It's new Archie. All new, all different call, Archie. You can call anything Archie. It doesn't necessarily make it so. It has the, the same characters. It it it, it 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 has it has some of the same characters. Yes. As 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 uh what uh Archie and it has Jughead, it it sort of has Betty and Veronica. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's changed enough to where it's uh, it's readable. They're they are characters and not excuses to make old man dad jokes about teenagers. Fiona Staple, uh, I don't know if we, we, I think we've mentioned this once or twice, but she can sure draw pretty mm. and they look really nice. They don't, they don't look like that. I don't know. It feels modern. I think that's what they're going for. And it feels it, modern. It definitely, it definitely does feel modern. It feels a little, uh, I don't know. I guess I'm spoiled with her work from Saga. It's not, it's certainly not bad, but it does feel like, it feels a little sloppy compared to her work in Saga, where she just works her ass off on those pages. It certainly looks really very good. I guess I hold her to, to too high a, a, an impossible standard. I, I think this is, I don't know, I, 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 it's, I don't want to compare the two because they're so different. They're, this is a, teen romance book and that is like the weird ass science fiction with aliens and goat goat horn people and mm, it's a one is the teen romance book and the other one is the space romance book come on man uh space romance with people get like their heads chopped off and that's what happens in space uh, okay. more like more like their heads explode okay that's their heads do explode i like this i don't know to i don't know i, I I was never a huge fan of Archie. I don't know if I, I don't know if the general idea, even with Mark Wade and Fiona Staples, if this is enough to make me like Archie. Like, I don't, it's good for what it is. It is a good representation of what an Archie comic should be. I don't even know that it's, because I, I don't want to, I don't think we need to debate what an Archie comic should be because I think that's <laughs> stupid because I think you, you, you fall into the trap of trying to be true to the history and the source material of something that in my opinion is quite bad. This is like a romance comic. It's a story about young people. And I think it does those things very well. And it makes you, it, it's a bunch of interesting and endearing characters for the most part. I don't like the three, uh, the three unnamed kids that are going around trying to make stuff happen. I have no idea who the hell they are. I, I, well, luckily Jughead is there, Eric, to save the day. I know. Uh, I'm glad. I'm I, glad someone can, can do that. I, I'm a buy. I'll say yeah. I'm a buy. I'll just say, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's good. It's, I'm, looks nice. I, yes. I'm a buy as well. I mean, I do think I have maybe some caveats with it, but this is, this is taking something that I hate and making something that I think is actually pretty good. It's a pretty big leap. Yeah, I think that they could do some nice work with this. I think it's interesting. I think it's fun, and I think it's been done really well. There you go, folks. Arch number one, double buy. Mm-hmm. Something, double even. Something I'm not sure I knew I was ever going to say after an Archie book on this podcast. They're trying things. They are. They're going out. I'm I'm excited for that Jughead book, Chip Sadarsky Jughead. They say that Archie is a really big comic company. It is surprisingly so. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. It never it it never shows up in. But I mean, you think it's in every grocery store, and those Sonic the Hedgehog books have been sellers for years, but it's never in any statistics. You know, with the breakdown of like what the sales are between Marvel, DC image it's the kind of book that gets in the hands of people that don't read comic books yes it's very true 
Same with Sonic, too, I guess. Those digests, I don't think they're included in, like, the sales figures. Because they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't come from Diamond, I don't think. I think they... Cause, exactly. Because grocery stores don't order from Diamond Diamond Publishing or whatever. No. Um. Next up, uh, Strange Fruit number one. Story I, t- love, I love that, that little quiver in your voice. I'm just like, I will. This is going to be... I'm, ex- I'm excited to talk about it because it's going to be... I don't know what... To, we're going we're gonna to get through it. Storytellers, J.G. Jones and Mark Wade. Art, J.G. Jones. Letters, Darren Bennett. Uh... This is a very controversial comic book over the past week, mm-hmm. week or so, at uh, the week and a half at the time of recording. Uh, I knew, I, there's, um, I linked to one of the, such article in our show notes, Eric. Did you look at that or did you happen to? I did, I did read that. There's, and there's uh, other, there's other ones as well that I've also ran across online, but that was the one that mm-hmm. I found that was on my Twitter multiple times. Uh, Strange Fruit, the title, starting with the title. <laughs> Uh, did you know about the title, what that title meant, Eric? Yes, yes, I do. Bef- I, I did, know what that means. I did not know it before. I, yeah. I did not, I did not. Strange Fruit, for those who do not know, is a song, I believe in the, mm-hmm. from the 40s? Right? Made famous by, was it Billie Holiday? Or... Yeah, I believe, I think it was Billie Holiday, but I, I don't quote me on that. It was one of those famous jazz singers, like an Etta James or something like that, but I think it was, I think, think it was billy holiday we have the internet right here we can yes it was definitely billy holiday okay and it is about lynchings black yes people black people getting lynched and you know it's a pretty pretty dark thing when you think about it these trait that these trees grow strange fruit that's yeah horrifying and gross yeah it's really bad uh and they even say in the article that the song was written by a white jewish person yes and this story is set in, did they give you a year ever at any point? I want to say they do, and I just forgot. And I want to say it was like, uh, is it 27, 1927? Yeah, I was so going to say it looks. In Mississippi. Dust Bowl. Yeah. And it is about a town in Mississippi. There's a flood. The, the, the you know, all the, the river and everything is flooding and they're trying to prepare for this flood. And of course there's racial tension and racism and et cetera, et cetera. And this mm-hmm. weird, alien thing lands and it looks like for all intents and purposes it looks like a black guy uh who's apparently invulnerable or nigh invulnerable they shoot at him and it doesn't hurt him uh but there's a lot of the controversy is that there are two both these craters are white dudes and it i don't it's i don't even like after the discussion about airboy last our last episode like i feel like this is a worse transgression than that yeah. And I don't want to say that they sh- can't make this comic after, mm-hmm. but I don't even know if this is a really a good comic to, like, at the end of the day. Like, even getting past no. all that stuff. It's not a really, it's not a really good comic. I mean, it is nicely illustrated. Yeah. And, you know, in a, in a sort of Alex Ross sort of watercolor comic book tradition, but it, it's very like hackneyed and like oh yeah, there's yeah. KKK guys. The last mm-hmm. page is the black alien getting having a rebel flag like as a skirt, as like to cover him because he lands naked, and it's just like oh, uh, really that's the thing. It just mm-hmm. is terribly unsubtle, and I I don't want to tell Mark Wade and JG Jones they can't make this comic, but maybe they could make it better. I think. That- <laughs> You know, I uh, 
I wish I felt a little stronger about it. I mean, I read that article and I fully, fully, fully agree with everything that it says. You know, everything that it says it is truly guilty about, Mm -hmm. and it's things that I have seen in other media, and now I sort of scratch my head and think, oh, yeah, that is pretty bad. People shouldn't do those things. You know, particularly the, the, the corniness of, you know, like they have like the couple of white people that are like, oh, you guys shouldn't be doing all that. That's really bad. Not hashtag not all white people. Yeah, it, it, it uh, I'm going to put the link to the article we're discussing in the, sh- in the show notes for this episode. Yeah. If by chance you have not stumbled across it yet, I also agree with everything it says, but yes. even like putting all that aside, I wouldn't want to re- this is not like that interesting a story mm-hmm. to begin with. I, it looks very nice. I agree with Eric. The art choices for it are interesting. Uh, and it's, it looks nice, but. It's kind of just, like, it, if you're going to be, like, so – I don't know what word to even use, but, like, you're going to include the image of this massive black guy with a rebel flag as, like, to cover his nakedness. Mm-hmm. You have to – you need to do more. You need to just be crazy over the top with this. It has to be – it has to be, like, Quentin Tarantino and Django Unchained. Yes, that's that's really the only way this would work. That's ex- That's the perfect comparison. That this is, this is black Superman goes to, I, I don't know, that, that, mm, yeah, that, I, that's perfect. Yes, and Django and Chain, I, I can accept that Quentin Tarantino, what, Quentin Tarantino white guy wrote and directed that mm-hmm. movie about a black guy being a hero because it has 70s funk music in the background yes. and, and, you know, it, well, it's, it's, it's that black exploitation genre, which was, I mean, it was just that. Yes, precisely. <laughs> this is not that. This is, like, just really... I, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. It's not... I wouldn't even suggest it, even if it wasn't kind of a racist thing to... in the, in the the Like, having a comic named Strange Fruit written by two white guys yeah. about black people. Aside from all that, not a great... That, not that good a comic, which is... We just read Archie written by the same guy. I don't... What, I, uh, I don't know. Mark Wade. Um, and he's... Getting, he's gotten pretty prickly about all this stuff on Twitter, which is not really helping a bunch about it, but, uh. I imagine not. I think it's, I think his heart's in the right place. It's uh, just, you know, he's not particularly qualified to do this idea. Not every piece of art lands well, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think that, that's, that's sort of the thing about racism is it's, it, it's kind of deeply ingrained into us to the point that where we don't see these things. Yeah. And it, I, I, I'm not really going to hold it against him. I, I read through this and I'm like, okay, I didn't like that. Yeah. And then I read that article and I'm like, huh, these are really smart reasons to not like that. Yeah. That I already didn't like because I didn't think it was good. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think Mark Wade is a racist, like in the well, way, I think, in the way I that think, I think everyone, I think everyone on earth is because it's just sort of the natural thing. You have to think to not be yes to not be racist you have to unlearn bad habits that society has put on us and that we just sort of naturally have from our terrible tribal roots you know it's it it it, it's not a good way to live and i don't know i can't really blame the guy no i'm not upset at him but do not buy this comic i will say that don't buy it not good 
I don't think they should keep making it. It's probably, I think it's okay to stop. <laughs> breaks on that one. Yeah. It's, we, uh, oh, sorry. Yes, let's not release this. Yeah. Uh, that's a double do not buy on Strange Fruit number one. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, let's see how we feel about the next one. It is. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> it is or not, or not, it's an, it, it, it is uh, Blood Strike number one. Uh, <laughs> Can't we talk about Starfire or, or, or eighteen seventy two instead? <laughs> we can. I'll, I'll mention them after, but we can mention them. I yeah. Know. Oh God, this book. Blood Strike number one. Story and art by Rob Liefeld. Colors by Jeremy Colwell. Letters by Chris the Greekopolis. Oh my god, this they book- They bring Chris the Greek into Yeah, this. I guess they did. I mean, this book is really bad. Like- I think, I think, why does this guy bite his arms off? Cause That's he's, the first thing that happens is this guy bites his arms off. Cause he's chained, and so if he bites his arms off, he can get unchained from, he'll, he'll not, he'll, can, I think it's because he has to move his location so that the teleportation thing can sense him and grab him back to where he can regrow his body sans penis, which is about half this book is literally about this guy. This dude lose has lost his dick about his dick. Yeah. It it's, I mean, uh, Eric mentioned this yesterday. Why about how, why no one is complaining about this. Yeah. And like, there is a lot of bad, like, Really bad misogyny in this. Mm-hmm. The the worst it, I think that I've ever seen in anything. Yeah, it, I mean there are naked People, women who are get their heads ripped off. Like yes, just, there are, there are two nude women who are like hee hee hee, we're gonna have sex, and then the guy just like rips them up into pieces. And yeah, there's a he's literally naked with his mm-hmm. his dong in silhouette, and he has yes. a naked woman's head in his hand. Yes. And, uh, I mean, they use the word bitch, uh, multiple times. Uh, there's a dude who literally, like, the, one of the women's pure, her only motivation is just take off this dude's dick. To take yeah. it and, and that, the last page is her having it in a jar. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Rob Liefeld spent more time drawing that dick than anything else in this comic. Probably so. He was, he was like, yeah, this is edgy. And, like, I, you're, you're... I, I don't understand, like, how Brandon Graham can, like, go, yeah, Rob Liefeld's really cool after when he does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is there's terrible. Nothing, there's nothing cool about this. There's, it's just, it, it, you, you couldn't, you couldn't try to make a comic book this bad. Yeah. I, if I could go, uh, uh, I want to double down on the do not buy. Mm-hmm. It makes me not want to buy anything. That even is tertiarily related to Rob Liefeld. Like, I don't even want to, like, I want to go back and not get Alan Moore's Supreme because Rob Liefeld is tertiarily connected to it. This is really bad. Don't, don't buy this. No. No, no, no. If you, if you, if you buy this, I'll punch you. I feel bad for even having given Comixology or money this. It's, it's hard. It's absolutely horrid. Yeah, very bad. But like, I, but did did you even say like people are getting upset about Airboy number two, and people are getting upset about what was it the like Batgirl thirty eight, mm-hmm. which was the one with um, yes the, with the transvestite. Yes, I and but I I I my I think I I think the thing is that Rob Liefeld is so out of what mainstream comics is that nowadays. Mm-hmm. That no one, he's so like irrelevant, irrelevant that it doesn't even, 
He can do whatever he wants because no one's paying attention. He's like that dude posting really bad art on DeviantArt, but no one mm-hmm. looks at it, so who cares? I don't I, – I guess Image is like, okay, you were here at the beginning. I guess we have to publish your terrible, terrible comic book. They're hoping no one notices. <laughs> I guess so. So, double do not buy. Bloodstrike number one. It's bad. It's upsetting. Very upsetting. This is the worst comic I've read. In, in, I, I can't even remember the last comic I've read that was this bad. I can't think of anything. Oh, okay. It was probably The Bigger Bang. <laughs> what about the... This is, wor- this is this is worse than The Bigger Bang. What about that, uh... uh what was the name of that Oh, comic? I know what it is. Intersection. In- yeah, that one. In- intersect. Intersect. It, it's worse. It's way worse than both of those. And those those were so bad, they had me, like, frothing at the mouth. They were horrid. And this is worse. So, don't buy this. Don't even look yeah. at it. Uh, next up is Island number one, which is uh, calling it's it's more like a comics magazine than, yeah. it, than it is a. But I felt it was kind of interesting, and I, Brandon Graham is the editor of it, so I, I felt like we were I had compelled to, for us to check it out. It is like nine dollars, uh, because it is a billion pages, as Eric Eric told me. It is so long. Uh, it has, I mean. Uh, Emma Rios, Kelly Sue, Brandon Graham, and a guy named Ludro? Ludro? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Those are all the contributors, even though Kelly Sue just kind of wrote an essay and Emma Rios drew some pictures for it. She also put in a glamour shot. She, yeah, well, I don't think, uh, I'm not sure if that was her choice, but that has, I've seen that one before. It's floating around online pretty much. Uh, I think Ben is posted on every, every all of her birthdays. Uh, he's, That's delightful. He's put that up there. Um, She's so lovely. Yeah. From, but, uh, you know, there's, uh, several different stories, uh, Emma Rios, and they're none, they're, they're gonna be continued in, in later issues. This is gonna be a monthly, uh, book. Uh, I like that this exists, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I like it. I enjoy it. It, uh, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy everyone involved in this, and I liked it. I don't think that these, collections are really meant to accomplish anything that they're just sort of like they're just like weird brain space for these creators you know Mm -hmm. they're the deleted scenes on on the dvd extras uh for the people that you like i think the one that probably accomplishes the most is the uh the brandon graham multiple warheads inserted in here because it is basically another multiple warhead story, although it feels even a little bit more aimless than the other ones because there's nothing really resolved. All of them just sort of tease and say, oh, we'll, we'll come back later. Yeah, and I, I – go ahead. I was going to say I like the Ludro comic at the end. I do too. Just because it's it's so out of nowhere and interesting, and he's a he, she, it. It's a creator. I mean, it could be a supercomputer. I don't know. Um I, I, I'm just completely, completely off my radar. It's very strange. It's Cat Darkman kicking skateboards at, at, at giant cat people. Yeah, that's... I, I, I don't know. And then skateboarders teleporting. It's actually, that was my favorite of, yeah. of the stories. I dig it. You know, I think it's, I think it's neat. And I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed Kelly Sue's essay, but it, I even kind of enjoy the fact that it is just an essay just because I was expecting it to be all comics and I'm like, okay. I think I just sort of like Kelly Sue. I think she's a, a, a neat person and reading that sort of very honest little look into her life just, I found it very interesting. 
Yeah, I, I, it's I like, very well written. I like this book. You know, it, it is. It is. I I like I like the way she writes. It's uh, it's good prose. I I don't I don't know. I I I so I like all the people involved in this. Mm-hmm. It's okay to to say it's you're not a buy on it. You can still like uh, it and, I, I, and not recommend it to people to buy. Yeah, I don't. Uh, this is this is deep cuts. This is DVD extras. This is. Well, I this feel is, like it's I feel like that this is like the first. It's like a big image publishing a comics mm-hmm. magazine. Like I feel like it should be. I guess yeah. it's just gonna be aimless. I don't. That's the reason that these things don't like last. Is because yep. they're not great serialized storytelling. It's very no one like really takes it serious. Yeah, and I would. I don't know. I I can't recommend it. I I like all these people. I like that there is a comics magazine, but for nine dollars, I didn't get any. Like the skateboard story is the only one that actually reads like a comic book story to me. Like, yeah, it's. To be continued, I'm like, well, I want to know what happens. All the other ones, I'm like, I don't even know what happened. I mean, I even, I've read multiple warheads. I own it. I still don't know what, where that story is. What, yeah, that meandering thing Brandon Graham put in here. Right. It's basically just a, a bunch of dicking around and then all of a sudden werewolf guys going to fix a furnace. Yes. So that, that's all I got out of it. I'm a do not buy. Mm. unless like you really like the physical object but it's it's, that's like nine dollars i think i'm honestly going to go to the comic book store and Mm. pick up okay it's up i i that being said i don't know where i'm at on my recommendation because i think that it's i'll i'll say that i am a buy mush meter five okay five of five that's a that's so we're, we're split decision there Mm-hmm. It's but just barely. Yeah, yeah. You can try and parse out what that means to you guys, but it probably means you shouldn't buy it. No, pick it up at the store and flip through it and see if it interests you. Probably is yeah. the. So our last book of the week is Black Canary number two, written by Brendan Fletcher, art Annie Wu, Lee Luffridge on cover, colors Steve Wands on letters. Uh, this is we didn't get a chance to read Black Canary number one. It was right in the middle of, uh, I believe our. We had taken a couple weeks off. You were gone here when you went to Heroes Con. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain that's when it was. Uh, but I just wanted to check this out because this is one of those new, the new DC waves, you know, with the, the yeah. soft, their soft reboot again. Uh, we didn't read one, but I don't think it's, you need to read one to understand what's happening. It's not really that complicated for the most part. Uh, but it's going for that. I mean, it, it's written by Brandon Fletcher, so it's going sort of for that back, it sort of feels like Batgirl, and that mm-hmm. Black Canary was in Batgirl, so we, I mean, it kind of spun out of that. It also, I mean, if you, it's in that wave of like, hey, Hawkeye had that story, kind of that off day superhero thing, and it's kind of in that vein. Are, do you, did you like this, Eric? I, I think it's a good book, honestly. Okay. I don't like that I'm sort of in the middle of it, and not a whole lot happens. It's just, it's character building without enough uh, without enough plot tickets. I don't know. Yeah. Number two is probably not a good place to start any story arc, but I like the general setup. I think the characters are different enough and interesting enough to carry the story. I, I think this could be a really great book. I really love uh, Annie Wu's art. It uh, It has the right kind of punk attitude, I think. Mm-hmm. That this story needs, because this could very easily be really stupid. Almost any time when uh, 
when a comic book is about like, oh yeah, we're in a band. Uh, go girls. It's so <laughs> it, it's really pandering and shitty and stupid. And this manages to work surprisingly well. I think their band is patterned after the gorillas. Okay. Just, just I don't know. I think it's mostly like the tiny guitar player. Well, he he looks like a child, but he's not a child, Eric. Yes, he's apparently 19. And he doesn't talk, and just, people want him. Bad people. That, that sounds fine. This book is 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 very interesting, and I don't know. I'd like to see us follow it, see if it's uh, if it shapes up to be as good as as the other books that are sort of of this camp. I just kind of wish that it wasn't all really boring. Uh, I don't know, Southwest boring ass backgrounds, etc. Yeah, yeah. I, I like, I, Batgirl, all, even when the issues that ne- not necessarily, like, it always had a, like, a big, you know, exciting hook. And this one has, it, it's mm-hmm. kind of lacking some of that. And yes, there's, well, it does, yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't really happen until maybe later in. It's all character building and sitting around talking. Yeah, and which can be fine, and it once you know it's established, but I don't know. I'm I am I'm a buy, but I'm a like a mushy mush 3.0. I like that. I'll echo you on it. It's it's this is probably we would, we would be more excited. Did you read number one? I have not read. It. I I kind so of just both, I knew we're both I, dumb, and we read number two and not number one. I well, I knew the hook already, so I'm just like, okay, I know what it, the general gist is, so I'll just you know going in. I'll go back and read number one, probably, but I don't think it would enhance my enjoyment of this, honestly. I think I'd probably feel exactly the same. But, but still, but double, double buy, mush meter three. Yeah. But still, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a solid, a solid direction. Mm-hmm. And then the art is very nice, like Eric mentioned. Annie Wu is, does a great job. It's lovely. And I, I, I mean, that might seem like a bad rating, you know, three of five, but it's still, this book, Certainly has a whole heck of a lot of promise. Agreed. Um, we did read a couple other books that I, but for last week, but that I took out just to make room for this week's book. Uh, we read the the second Starfire. I thought I I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great book. I I think that uh, I think Connor and Palmiotti are walking a, a kind of a, an impressive line that they're. It's this character that is a, is trying to appeal to both like both camps, you know, mm-hmm. uh, both the uh, both the, the dorky dudes that just want to look at naked ladies and the people that want like the endearing, you know, cute starfire that people learned of in the original uh, uh, Teen Titans cartoon. And I think it, it I think it's pretty pretty. It pretty well appeals to both. I don't know how they're doing this, but I I enjoy this book thoroughly. Yeah, uh, we read eighteen seventy two. I'm I would say pass on it for the most part. I mean, it has a lot of character, but it's I don't see it meaning. It just is like it's like I guess if you, if you, if the idea of like Marvel as an old West town sounds really it's like it's like sixteen oh two, but it's yeah not it's, as good. It's, in, it's uh I don't I like don't it know. That much. I mean, it's fine. I but I would not. I, like I would it. say I do like not it buy. Okay. Okay, I would I would say I don't unless you really like the idea of it. I don't think it's necessary. It's not. I'm not. It's not one of the tie-ins that I'm gonna keep reading probably. Hmm. Uh, you read anything else, Eric? Seems like I might have, but like nothing's coming to mind. I read Godzilla in Hell. 
Uh, that was one that I was very excited about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is exactly what it is. That title, Godzilla's in hell, fighting like demon Godzilla and all kinds of crazy shit. It's, uh, Stoko just doing it's, crazy yeah. stuff and it's fun. I, I definitely it's would. Stoko being Stoko. Uh, I caught up on Injection. Issue 3 came out. I like it still. It's good. It's Ellis being weird. With Spriggans and British folklore and craziness. Um, wait, something else, didn't I? Eh, that's all I can remember. That's fine. Talked about comics a while. We did. You ready to talk about other things for uh, just a bit? You want to talk about when we went to a place and talked about comics? We can do that a, a, a little. I was going to talk about it a little. A little bit. A little bit. So, time for Week Floppies to end for this week, at least. Uh, and now it is time for checking. Checking in as part show, Eric and I will uh, talk about what we've been up to during the week. Well, now past two weeks, uh, and see, uh, tell you guys if what you want to do, uh, you know, if you want to see the movies we've seen, play the games we played, drink, drink the drinks we've drank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Eric, start us off. What, 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 what do you have? What do you got for me? What do I have? What yeah. do I got? What do you got? Oh man. Um, do you want? Do you want to talk about about your experience about? At, at my drawing club because you came. I w- do you want me to talk about other things? You, we can do. Uh, how about you end with it and then we'll segue. Okay, we can do that. Well, I'll just I'll just talk about uh, the things that I've been messing around with. Anthony Bourdain has a whole other show that we we've we've talked about. It. Like I checked in with uh, Kitchen Confidential once. Mm-hmm. You, you you recall? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, well, I am a big fan of his old show, No Reservations, is where I just sort of learned of him, and uh, his new show that the name of which I always forget because it's called Parts Unknown. That's so forgettable. <laughs> um, I always forget that. All that stammering around was me trying to remember it. I think that it's kind of the best thing that he's ever done. I really like Parts Unknown. I've watched every episode many times. Uh, I particularly like the Montreal episode. But he's got another show. It's on Netflix now. I, I, I recommend you check it out sort of at your leisure. But the whole premise is, you know, you're you're laid over in a city. You're, you've got 24 hours there. Here's the things that you can do in, you know, 12, 24, 36 hours while you're laid over. Then he goes to to Montreal and to to Atlanta and to uh, New Orleans, all these different very interesting places. I love all the ones where he goes to places in Asia and so he goes to Singapore, it looks amazing. And he goes to Hong Kong and it looks amazing. or not not Hong Kong, what was it? Oh man, I can't even remember. He's I've watched many, many of them. And while I don't think it's as good as uh, as his other shows, it's probably not quite as good as No Reservations, although it's pretty much on par. It's definitely not as good as um, see, I've forgotten the name again. Uh, Part, shit. Parts unknown. Yeah, it's such a terrible title. You think CNN would have come up with something better? Um, not as good as it, but still very good, still very worth watching. I'm just devouring them. Just, I I think it's such such a great show. Um. He, uh, he, he hangs out famously so if you've, if you've seen this, he goes to the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Do you know, do you know what the Claremont Lounge is? I, I'm fairly certain someone told me and I've forgotten. 
it is the infamous strip club in Atlanta where it's sort of like the retirement home for strippers. It's very odd. It's just sort of a strange Atlanta establishment, and everybody goes there. But him and Alton Brown hang out there for a good part of the episode. It's sort of how they close the episode in Atlanta, and it's it's pretty amazing watching Alton Brown and uh, Anthony Bourdain throw dollar bills at a 45-year-old stripper. It's very strange. It's quite odd. Yeah, it's really... It's it's super weird. I recommend it. <laughs> okay. The other thing, I'm only going to talk about it briefly, is I have, uh, and you might have overheard some of this last night. I was talking to uh, to your wife. My wife. Of course. Why don't you start making Austin Powers jokes, too? <laughs> God, I suck. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's, there's an, a robot-themed art show called Artificial Intelligence that's happening, I think, in September. And I'm just sort of throwing down the gauntlet. I've got a project that I'm going to make involving a, uh, a Twitter bot and uh, an actual robot, and you tweet at it and stuff happens. But this is, this is I'm just sort of announcing my intention here that uh, I'm going to try and have this ready for the show. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about putting it together. I don't know how much of this you heard about, but I'm going to keep a lot of the details on the DL. Uh-oh. But, you know... For those of you on the internet, you will be able to interact with this. You don't even have to be in St. Petersburg to do it. You can just use the magic of the internet. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But that's uh, the Artificial Intelligence Project, uh, which should be completed sometime by September. So, yeah, exciting. Which, and you I, As you mentioned, I overheard this, mm-hmm. a lot of this, at, at, at Drink and Draw last night. I finally, yeah, you did. finally was able to attend. And, what did uh, you, what did you think of of was, the magic of drink and draw? It was fun. It was a good time. Is it like is it like your second drink and draw ever? Uh, I went to a few back in the day. Drink and draw one point I only remember one, and it was in that a million degree room. No, I was I went to one before that, and maybe two before that. I know that I really went to, yes. I know I definitely went to at least one for that. I don't remember you being there. I guess you just you just sat in a corner and didn't talk. No, I yeah, I mainly I mostly didn't talk in that first one because I was. I was gonna say that's that's what you would do. I didn't know anyone, and uh, it was you just, didn't know you could come over and talk to me about my Skyrim build. No, I could not. I didn't know that, so I didn't. <laughs> you certainly did at Sacred Grounds. Well, yeah, we were literally. I mean, we were like six inches from each other and sweating we were, all, we were sitting in my lap yeah and burning alive so i was forced to you know we had we had a shared experience we could uh yep. commiserate about yes but i enjoyed myself i talked about comics we, uh, that with, happens with frequently all with all those drink and draw all those nerds it's and, really fucking nerdy yeah it was good though i liked it i enjoyed myself i had fun i didn't draw anything because i i downloaded a really bad drawing uh app for my ipad that i ended up not using it i just said read comics and then talking about those comics so it was much like much like this podcast yes yeah which is fine that's 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 what we need more of in life (laughs) it was good um i would anyone in the tampa area listening to this go go to drink cafe hey who should 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 be for the foreseeable future will be at cafe hey there you go I talked, to, uh, I talked to the owner of Cafe Hay, and it seems like he's uh, he's he's sort of given me the side green light to 
have a solo show there. So Ooh. I'm pumped up about that. Yeah. The side green light. Yeah, he's he's like, I, I like that idea, but he doesn't he lets other people do the shows. Ah. But I mean, I don't know. If he wanted to veto something, he would veto it. But he he's he's pretty okay with it. Um uh the things let's see, I finished Arkham Knight finally over the our, okay. our break. After finishing it, seeing how the story ends, um I it, it ended it pretty much exactly like I expected it to for the most part. You, that's what you were saying is it was becoming really really predictable and that was frustrating you. Yeah, and there is one interesting thing that happens near the end, but otherwise I don't think I would recommend it over either city or asylum. I would say uh, they've gotten worse. Asylum was the best one and then city and then this one. I it mechanically it's fine like the fighting is still good the batmobile controls is is fine like all that stuff is good but the story itself is not that good it's not interesting i don't like i don't care about this like in the fact like that god they just they brutalize the female characters in these games it's just so Mm. bad and this this one the worst and i just and it's they do really cheap story things like I, there's one bit at the end that I was like, wow, this is actually interesting. Otherwise, it's just not worth, and, and it's still not fixed on PC and not, not for months, it seems it's gonna be, they put it out to like October, November where it'll actually be fixed. So, mm-hmm. I can't recommend it. I mean, if you really like City and you're like, I could take a game that's like 20% worse, then sure, go for it. But it's, it, after looking back, I'm like, I just feel like I wasted 30 hours of my life on it. It's just like a time sink. Hey, if I wanted to waste time. I don't, eh, pass after finishing it. Uh, other thing, real quick, just uh, an, a metal album for you metalheads out there. <laughs> uh, it's uh, a new band, really. Uh, I haven't listened to all their stuff yet, but I've listened to the, a couple albums. It's, their band is called, it's called Necrogoblicon. Because of course it is. Of course it is. That's Necro with a K and Goblicon with a K. So uh, it's like a nine, like I think eight or nine dudes, and the lead singer dresses up like a goblin. So there's that. Is this it, a is this a, a Guar side project? N- no, it, it's, the music's much better than Guar. Uh, <laughs> uh, the music is it's kind of I don't know black black metal, but there's a lot of influences in there. Uh, but I really like it. It's a lot of fun. It does not take itself seriously. The, their newest album is called Heavy Meta. There's a song called Snacks and Violence. A song called Full Body Explosion. It yeah. It's silly and fun. I like it. So check that out if you like metal. You like funny, dumb metal. Necrogoblicon. That's it. I talk about heroes some more, but I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. That's going to be my next podcast. Just heroes. Uh, heroes podcast. I, I, I'm hoping that we will get over our addiction eventually. Mm, depends if Kim likes the game or not. After she builds a PC. Yeah, it'll be a disaster if she does. She likes it. I'm never going to stop. I'll just play forever until it, or until Blizzard decides it's not worth the time anymore. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Uh, you ready to talk about, uh, I don't know, some scout there, Eric? I would hope so. Oh, okay. I would hope so too. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is part show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work, uh, and discuss it in depth with a book club, but it's the kind with pictures. Mm hmm. It's a picture book club. Picture book club. Uh, this week we are reading Scout, volumes one through three, uh, written by Jason Aaron, art by R.M. Guerra. Um, it is 
a crime story, crime mystery noir kind of story set on a reservation involving a lot of uh, Native American slash, I don't, Indian, American Indian. I'm not sure what the proper term for it. They, I, to what I understand is they'll, they're just as, just as likely as anyone to say Indian or American Indian. I mean, as long as you just don't say it hateful, like they say in this book every second and a half. Yeah. As long as you don't do that, it's pretty much fair game. Yeah, so it is it, it's set on an Indian reservation. Um and the main main character is a dude who left uh when he was young and it's now coming back and he's uh trying to get in with there's you know casino politics and uh, a lot of a lot of subplots, a lot of threads connecting lots of different characters together. Uh I I mean we both love Southern Bastards. Mm-hmm. And uh, reading this, you can definitely see kind of it, the 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 roots of that. They're they're yeah. the the crime story set in like a small area with a lot of characters coming coming in. But I mean, thematically they're different, but constructural constructurally they're similar. Mm-hmm. And, and and quality is there. I really like Scout a lot. It's, I'm gonna be buying all of this eventually. <laughs> Where, what is it that you like so much about it? Because it, it, I mean, it, I certainly enjoy it, but I don't think that it excites me because it, you, you clearly are very excited about it. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Jason Aaron is one of my very favorite comic book writers. I think this book looks beautiful, reads great. I mean, I think it's an excellent top notch book, but I don't know that I would describe it as I really like this. I would describe it as, you know, this is something that Jason Aaron did, and I really like Jason Aaron. It I, doesn't excite me as some of his other work. I, I, I don't know if I can pin it on one specific thing. I just think it's mm-hmm. really, really well done. I didn't know what to – like, I have looked at Scout. I picked it up and looked at it at a comic book store multiple times, and yes. every time, even knowing that, I'm like, yeah, I like Jason Aaron. But every time I look at it, I'm like, Scout on an Indian mm-hmm. reservation. I'm like, that seems like such a – thing that is like could be so easily hackneyed and yes it could easily be bad i mean when you look at who who did this this cover is beautiful who's it is it jock is it jock that did the cover i know he did a lot yes all the the covers are by jock yeah yeah that is a borderline racist image on trade paperback one i i always i always feel a little bit weird when i see feather headdresses and he's i mean he's a you know he's a an American Indian character, mm-hmm. so I guess it's okay. Well, I think it's I it guess, is, but it's still like kind of I don't know it it I it, it is racist. Bothers me to see it. it yeah, it it is it, it like on se- on first glance it, it definitely seems like a really racist. But yeah. reading into it and after reading this book, where the dash the the shield uh, is the, the lead character has is deeply conflicted about his heritage. Mm-hmm. And that, like him, like wearing that, you know, yeah, I the think stereotyp- that image, the stereotypical, you know, you know, mm-hmm. feather headdress is very much like he has that kind of weird feeling. It kind of represents yep. that conflict within him in a mm-hmm. really interesting way. And I guess yeah. that's kind of what I like. It like I like that. I mean, Jason Aaron is a good writer. I think we've established that. But the fact that all these characters, none of the like, even the 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 awful like there's multiple people who are like how he makes me feel about coach boss and southern bastards yeah like he's obviously a monster but he's also like really interesting like um 
Why can't the, uh, the, the the casino uh, owner. Why can't I think of yeah. his name off the top of my head? Is it Crow? Is it Red Crow? Red Crow, yes. Red Crow. Uh, he's, uh, like, they go to links to show you him multiple times where he's just murdered people in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's, he has no... No bones about it. He'll just straight up murder a dude. And yet, I'm still really invested in him as a character. Oh, I yeah. really think He's... I'm like really fascinated by the fact that his sworn enemy is this woman that he used to love, and every she is murdered, and everyone the first thing they think of is oh he did it and yet and he's the one who's going to great lengths he's to find out rage yeah that, that they assume that yeah and that's it's so fascinating it's so interesting and I I, I mean the the fact that this using that setting of the reservation and kind of tackling all these cultural i you know cultural stereotypes about american indians and not being afraid to show that ugliness like the same thing like southern that's like i it brought me right back to southern bastards it's the same thing like mm. where it's like a it's taking place in this deeply this area where it's I, there's so many cultural stereotypes. It's not afraid to show the truth, but also not afraid to show like the like good things about it and or good mm-hmm. people. Like there's there's strength in these people. Yeah, and these characters. And have you have you read any Sherman Alexi? No. He I, he's uh, I've read Indian Killer. He's known for uh oh why can't I think of the name? but he's he's a he's a, a, a American Indian Native American author. He's won many many awards. He's he's, he's a very good writer. Um he he's the only other place I've seen I can't think of other like popular fiction mm-hmm. that tackles anything involving American Indians or Native Americans at all. Like I can't can you can you think of any other? Uh, off the top of your head. There's a show on Netflix if this sort of halfway counts. Yeah. And I can't think of the name on it. it it's 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 sort of popular now. It's not that great. I've only seen the pilot, but it's about a uh, a South American a South American uh what is it? He's a a sheriff. It's called Longmire. There it is. I was looking for it. Okay. But it's it's about him having business on uh Indian reservations and like one of his one of his friends and longtime associates is a full-blooded Indian that lives outside the reservation and it's I don't know it's interesting enough I only saw like I said I only saw the the pilot the only thing I can think of that has anything to do with it and it's like such a I it's so so interesting just mm-hmm. the, that in and of itself and like I can't it's it's so and it's just ex- it's executed very well like i am i'm invested i want to know how what happens to dash i want to know does he if he overcomes you know all this like he is up shit creek right now he's he's in a bad spot in in this book and i i like i like he's he's also not a good person there's yeah there's almost no one in here that that, that is really like the, the, I think that one sheriff. I think he's the only like paladin falls falls down. Yeah, he's the only kind of like, I guess, person with good uh, good intentions and good mm-hmm. ethics and all that, and has no not like he's kind of been beaten by life, and yet he's still kind of facing and being strong and stuff. But other than him, everyone else is kind of you know gray. You know, I think something. This is this is a tangent. But something you said earlier that I think it's 
it's something about who Jason Aaron is to make a statement about a character that's conflicted about his background, you know, because yeah. that's that, that's what the entirety of what Southern Bastards is about, and that's what Dashiell's whole character is about. So it's clearly something. Well, I mean, I think it's something that that all Southerners sort of feel, but definitely it's something that that Latour and Aaron have gone on record as saying, you know just being conflicted about it. So it's not, it, I don't know. This is very much, it, it makes a lot of sense that he wrote this. Yeah. I, I mean, and RM Guerra's art is really good. It, it kind yeah. of made me feel uh, like how we talk about preacher in that, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ugliness in it, but this is an ugly, ugly world. Yeah. And like the, like he draws a lot of dudes like, you know, the, like these gnarled people. Yeah. Who Warty, pump, wrinkly. Yeah. Everyone looks like Lemmy. Yeah. Uh, you know, people like these old men who, you know, been in, abusing their bodies for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I, it fits this story really, really well. I, I think in he, the kind of the, I don't, it, it works for this kind of awful place that this book is set at. I think it's interesting. Because I don't, I, I sort of read it as a little bit different, you know, this is, that this doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's telling a story about a really ugly world as much as it's a story about a world that could be, it could be less ugly, but our story, the, the important parts are the ugly parts, you know? Right. Preacher was a, a world of ugliness. Scout to me is, is a, it's. I don't know. We're choosing to look at the ugly parts. Like there's there's good in it, but the the story is in the ugliness. Like we're we could easily, I think, I don't know. It it feels a little bit more subtle than than the Garth Ennis. Like oh, everyone's like fisting their grandma and shooting heroin into their cock. Oh well, yeah, yeah. It's certainly know? and it, I, and I don't I don't mean it like that. Like that's but I mean it's. It's a world where good is possible, but we just have to I don't know. We're we're watching the bad parts play out, if that makes any sense. No, I, I, I understand. I think that ju- I mean just by choosing like choosing to set the story in an Indian reservation mm-hmm. and him like just having like showing the uh, rampant alcoholism and mm-hmm. kind of uh poverty of of that is kind of and I it, like that's I think that's I mean you see that a little bit with the uh, kid who wants to rebuild a car, mm-hmm. and how he's he's like yeah as soon as I get enough money I'm gonna fix that car I'm leaving yep and then he gets the money not today mm-hmm. and that I feel like that's like this that the reservation that this place is kind of like it feels like it he's writing it as haunted as it like you can't mm-hmm. you can't escape it there's no yeah it draws it, you back in yeah it, it it you're once you're there it's you it's like i think and that's what makes dash so interesting is that he managed mm-hmm. to escape and yet he kind of chose to come back in a yeah in a, a place where it's really difficult to to escape and stay gone like he to get out of there he did and now he's coming back to it also, similar theme, Southern Bastards with Earl Tubb. Yeah, exactly. He leaves. He comes back to Crawl County, and he can't leave. So it's interesting. 
I don't know. That's and that's the thing. Like thematically, there's a lot of there's similarities like that I can see. Uh, I know I think Southern Bastards is more focused. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a t- it's tighter. I, I I think I mean it's even designed to be that way. Kind of it's like structurally very. You know, the four first four issues are, are about t- Earl, and then the next four are about Coach Boss, and then well, you know, they seem to be like purposeful in that way. Where this is much more of sprawling, kind of like touching on many different characters in one single issue, not even, and like, you're not following only Dash, you're also following, uh, you know, his, his mother for a time, and, and, uh, Catcher, and, uh, oh, what's his, uh, the Diesel guy. The Friggin' Diesel. God, uh. His one-sixteenth kickapoo. Yeah, uh, uh, his, his, I don't know what to call her, a girlfriend, because they're not dating, but Carol, whatever, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. yeah, the, I, what do you think about her? She's really, she like straddles like that line of like, she's like perp, like she fucks tons of dudes and is not mm-hmm. repentant about it, not apologetic. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to be rescued sometimes, but then at the same time she's like, fuck you, I don't want to be rescued. Like she's clearly like, uh, this, I, it, it's very strange. She's a strange character and like, I want to like, it's hard to pin her down as like any like I like that that she does not kind of fall into any yeah. kind of stereotype at all. Like she's clearly like no, well she's a she's a mess and she's yeah. sort of exactly what this story deserves. Yeah, and I and again that and I think she kind of even represents kind of that the him she he's drawn back to her too. Like he comes back and immediately he's back at her, and obsessed with her even. Mm-hmm. Beats the shit out of anyone who uh, fucks her, or tries to fuck her, chases them off. Oh, uh, what, what do you think about the mystic stuff in here? Like the the you know the hmm. it, it's in it's a, it's not it's not omnipresent. No, but it is there. It seems like if it was affecting every single character, it doesn't seem to be making the. It doesn't seem to be making the statement that, oh man, magic's real and Indians are magic people. You know, it's not like, I don't know what you'd call it. The the closest thing I can think of is like Orientalism and ancient Chinese secret and that bullshit. Well, it's the same. You know? Yeah, it's the same. It's called it is, it cultural. It comes from the same place, yeah. but it's not, it, I mean, it's, they're not, they're, it, they're not from the Orient, so it, no, I no. Think it, yeah, you can't call it that. But it's, but you, you know what I mean. That's sort of, not fetishizing fetishism. Well, well it, it is kind of whatever. Fetishism. Yeah, uh, but the, the the I don't know the horse shit. The 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 complete not understanding someone and sensationalizing uh, their culture. It doesn't. It's not like like you said. It's not omnipresent. Every character isn't doing it and like fucking. I don't know. Like eating peyote and seeing visions and stuff. It's just the old burnout dude. Yeah. The fact that it's all sort of based around Catcher, and he's – he makes sense. He looks like he does a lot of drugs and has visions. It, yeah. it makes perfect sense for him, and I think that, you know, it, it's a way to insert these symbols and this aspect of the culture, and I think Jason Aaron has written this with a lot of respect, so it doesn't feel – it doesn't feel too clunky to me. Not like I in particular the 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 issue where Dash had dreams mm-hmm. and his mother kind of walks him through like I think that's why I, I like it in this like a lot of times when it seem it feels shoehorned in when people try and put in those 
cultural references. Yeah. I mean, in a broad, describing in a broad sense, but like the fact, I think tying it back to his heritage and the fact that he is, Dash is so kind of conflicted about that he is from this place that he hates. But like you see it kind of him in that dream and afterwards he kind of, it softens him a little bit. He even kind of tries to teach, uh, what that, that one, that, that one that kid, kid. Yeah. The young yeah. kid who his mother's killed, um, Shelton. Uh, he like that. I, I really like you can see echoes of him trying to eat, like trying to keep Shelton from becoming him in a mm-hmm. way. And I, and like I like that. It is not necessarily like, hey, this is magic, and more like, hey, this is kind of like, yeah, what we grew up with, and it, mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of it, it establishes the setting even further. It, it's almost like kind of what football is in Southern Bastards, where it's kind of there, right. but yes. it's, it's not what the, the story's about. But everyone knows it, like it's just something you are taught as a child, and Dash kind of rejected it out of hand. Uh, just because he kind of rejected all of his heritage, uh, and then you see him kind of come back to it after Reem, and it, that that it really works well, and it doesn't feel first. All the white people in this are assholes. <laughs> Honestly, I think that any uh, it's it's probably true that any book about race just probably should be that way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, it's I don't think you the... should really apologize too much. Like, I am a big fan. Like, my two favorite Spike Lee movies are, uh, well, they're, they're two of my favorite movies are, um, the Malcolm X and, uh, Do the Right Thing. And he's criticized for just having such cruel and terrible white people in his movies. But I don't think if you're going to make a, a statement about, like, the experience of minorities, I don't, you you don't really need to balance it. It's, it's okay. Yeah, uh, like it's just you can just make a statement. It's okay. Uh, yeah, like but I I but even then they're assholes. But even then I'm like I don't know about Diesel. I don't really give a shit about Diesel. Uh, you're he's supposed to be unrepentant monster. I don't mm-hmm. think you're. But uh, I Nitz. I think the the FBI guy. I actually think he's like I'm interested in him. Yeah. Like, cause he, he has, you know, he has an interest in, in all of this because like all this ties back to like the stuff that happened with like, that's the, like there's multiple layers of mystery kind of going on here about who, you know, who killed, uh, the, the, these FBI agents, you know, years ago. And now like, and then it, it kind of all the present day stuff is rude and all this and the, the use of flashback and stuff. Like I, I like Nitz is a, awful guy but you can see why he's so hateful towards dash and his mother and Uh in red crow in particular but crow is a monster so that he's not wrong but this is there's seven more seven more volumes this there's 10 yeah there's 10 trades of this so we're just kind of cracking the cracking the surface touching the surface Uh but we've barely gotten through hardly anything yeah, have 60 issues, so we're 18 issues, so we're not even third. Of the you know third. something that I'd, I'd like to ask you? Oh, well, now this is a great opportunity to ask me a question. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. One of the things that you almost always seem to look for is you want a character to like. Like, you almost demand likable characters. And I don't think that any of these characters, you just, you, they're all pretty unredeemable. 
but mm. you root for them anyway. Why do you think that is? Do you think they're unlikable? Maybe say in the way that like Snowpiercer, that the the characters in that were unlikable. No. Like what? 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 How do you think that this sets it apart? Like why? Well, I, why do we find Dashiell Bad Horse and Red Crow and Catcher and all these people? Why do we find them so compelling? Why are they not likable but compelling? Well, I I want to I would or are they likable? I I would put a caveat in that they are bad people. In that I would not want to be friends with them. I would not want to talk to them. I would not want to hang out with them. I would not want to associate with them. But they, all of them are written with such character and such nuance and depth that they're not just, they're not cartoonish in any one certain way. And I actually, I, I wouldn't say Dash is a good guy, but I do like him. Mm-hmm. And that it's not necessarily that I like what he does all the time or I like, but I like, I like his struggle. I like that, like, the things he's coming to terms with. I like him as a character, and I am rooting for him. So it's not, he's not likable, but you have deep empathy for him. Yes, precisely. And that's the thing, like, you can write, I mean, Snowpiercer, I think, is a good example in the fact that they're not likable, but I don't, and I don't care about them. Like, I care about Red Crow. I care about what happens to him. I, I want to see if he lives or dies or what happens to this casino, what happens. I don't like, like, like him as a person, but I, I don't really like the governor, but I enjoyed him in The Walking Dead. Like, I, I can follow their, I, I want to follow their story. I don't, and trying to define if that means likable or not, I don't know. Like, I like what's, you know, I like their presence. I, I, I get, I don't know, how, like, how to split that hair. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, they're, this, the writing and, is, and storytelling is good. And that makes it's, me, it's more, invested. it's right. It's, it's more about richness of character and empathy for the character. Correct. At the end of the day, I mean, I think we like this for the same reason we like Southern Bastards. Mm-hmm. It's something about Dashiell's art. Cause it, you, you get, you get teases of, you know, how tough his life has been and the things that he's had to overcome, like that whole scene in the beginning of the book with a flashback where, or it's like book, I think I'm looking at book three where it's got that, where he's putting the gun up to his head and the next year he's in, well, where was he in Kosovo? Where was he at? Where did he go to war? I was it in Iraq. Get, I forget where it was. Whatever it was, he was in the army. Yeah. When he was, when he was deployed. So it's 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 more that core of empathy that you think causes it. Yeah, when it's his it's his vulnerability, not the fact that he's he is uh, Mister Save the Cat. No, he's certainly not like, hey, this dude is really cool and I like mm-hmm. him. He's more like, wow, this dude has gone through so much and he's still going. He still has like a force that force of will. Mm-hmm. And him and Red Crow, they both share that. And a lot of the, a lot of the characters in this do. And I think that's, I mean, that's what makes them interesting is that, a, like, you don't have to like them, but you want it, you are invested. You want to know what happens. And I, that perfectly describes this and that. And I don't, I, I don't like Red Crow the way that, you know, cause he's a monster, but he's so fascinating. And like, just how he, like, just the relationship with him and Dash's mother is so interesting. And the fact that, you know, that, that every like multiple people were like you okay yeah you got you got her okay we'll let it go and he's like he's so bothered by the fact 
that people would think he would do that or that he did it. Mm-hmm. And like he's going to such lengths to try and find it, and that like it, you don't have to make someone you don't ha- like that. Save the cat thing is kind of just an easy thing. That's like yes. the easy shortcut, but like the truly most interesting characters are not. You're not necessarily gonna like them, but there's the mm-hmm. depth, nuance of story and character it makes you invested in them. It, it, I yeah, I'm glad I I'm glad I finally put up. I'm glad mm-hmm. we read it because I'm gonna I am gonna buy all of it. I'm gonna have all of Scout. Yeah, we should read. Prob- we should probably read all of it. We can come back to it. It's Jason motherfucking Aaron. Mm-hmm. There and uh, Jason Aaron and R.M. Garrett at uh, Image Expo re- recently announced a new uh, a new book called The Goddamned. Dealing with dealing with religion, and I didn't really care. I don't think they. I don't know if they've announced anything else but that. I believe Jason Aaron's exact words were, "If nothing else was going to send me to hell, this one certainly will." So I'm excited about the goddamned. Well, goddamn. Well, goddamn. Any? Uh, uh, you want to? I, I, we've been talking about this for a while now. I, <laughs> you what? You anything else in particular you wanted to uh, touch on? No, I do think that this seems to move a lot slower. Yeah, I haven't read one through three. It run it it moves a lot slower. Like I, we've read nine issues of Southern Bastards, and I feel like it's covered more than these three trades. So that's like twice as much, pretty much. Yeah, this is like six issue arcs. So that there's we've read twice as much, and I feel like half as much has happened. I feel like this much happened in one trade of Southern Bastards. So you're you're correct. It's more focused and it's tighter. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, it's it's interesting because this is very good, and I think he does dig pretty deep into these characters, and there are a ton of them. Mm-hmm. In in Southern Bastards, I mean, he keeps Esau in the background, and he keeps all these incidental characters more in the background, and in this, you know, we're seeing more of that we're we're seeing more of these people it's just a bigger cast i think i don't know they're gonna slowly reveal people in in southern bastards if the uh if issue nine is uh gonna be the pattern for any of the next couple of you know the next arc or so yeah i but i would this is a great story i really really i i like it a lot uh i would definitely suggest it to uh most i mean you like crime stories you like you like southern bastards you'll like this um not don't children shouldn't read this but uh it it is a really good crime noir uh it really it and it addresses kind of uh cultural problems with uh you know uh, our america's relationship and history with native americans in a really interesting way in a really honest and brutal way Mm. but uh i and i like that you don't see that in pop culture very many no. places. It's it's sort of like how we pretend that nothing bad's happening in Africa when fucking genocide happens there almost every day. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the same thing. We just sort of pretend that, you know, our goddamn country isn't built on the backs of all this blood and death. Genocide. But I mean everything. Oh, God. Every, every modern country in the world is. Oh, I don't yeah. care what anyone says. No, no, we're gross. Humanity yeah. is awful. We're disgusting. Um, uh, so folks, that'll do it. Uh, for Scout Volume Three, I'm sure we we may revisit it at a later date. 
Uh, next next week, next week's Nerd Boy Book Club, we are reading the entirety of Matt Fraction, David Aha, and companies. There's other uh, other people, other fine people. Let's see, Hall, Matt Hollingsworth. Uh, I believe Annie Wu did work on. She's drawn several issues of the Hawkeye Run, right? Picking that up, right? I, I forget. There's, but there's many. There's who worked on Hawkeye, but we're reading one through twenty-two. Just came out. We did not read it uh, or discuss it this week because I wanted to save it and let us read all of it. Kind of discuss uh, how much Hawkeye that book has kind of changed superhero comics in just a few short years. Uh, but that the Hawkeye issues one through twenty-two. Uh, it's not all in trades yet, but we have most of them already, and just buy a few single issues, and we should have read everything. You guys should get it anyway. It's really good. So that's next week. <sighs> Whew. It's a good discussion this week, Eric. Totally. I liked it. It's good. See, mm-hmm. it's, can't, I'm take a week off. You know, I get, I get, didn't get lazy. No. Uh, I believe we call it a day with that. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Without a doubt. I didn't doubt it for a second. Not one second. Uh, you find us on the internet. HandsomeBoysComicsHour.com. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash HandsomeBoysComicsHour. Uh, follow us on Twitter at HBCHour. You can email us, HandsomeBoysComics at gmail.com. And, of course, if you like this show, if you are listening to us and you have yet to leave us a review on iTunes, please do so. Uh, give us a five-star review. really helps us out. really helps new people find the show. Uh, and, of course, we appreciate any word of mouth can spread. Say, uh, tell your comic book nerd friends, hey, listen to this podcast. We appreciate it. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Mixmaster Serial. It's M I X M A S T E R C E R E A L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? My things online. All right. Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. And, you know, you can, I am also on Twitter. I am at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M R Bad Example. So, yeah. 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 That we can call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.